You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody all right? If I've not had the honor of meeting you, my name is Dave Brock. I'm the Executive Ministries Pastor here at Calvary. And I'm so excited to continue our series called For This Month. Because so often we, as a church, are known what we are against. But there's a lot more that we are for. And that is our responsibility as a church to do that and to communicate what we are for. Speaking of communication, raise your hand if you have a family photo album. We've got plenty. My wife is all about the free Shutterstock books that you can get probably about every season. And we've got ones sitting on our coffee table for every year that we've been together from dating through marriage. And we're catching up on some of the years that we've fell behind on getting this done, waiting for the free things, of course. You know, why pay 20 bucks when you can get it for free? So we've gotten through these. And it's nice because when we have friends or family over, they get to see this album, they look through it, and they see many parts of our lives that defined our relationship, they defined who we are, and they get to see a little bit of the past because I may have just met you within the past year or two years, but you'll see photos from my wife and I when we were dating in college or from our wedding or all these things that I don't think anybody in this room has had the opportunity to be a part of, except for maybe Pastor Delena, who I've known for quite a long time. So outside of that, the family album gives a glimpse into who I am. And your family album gives a glimpse into who you are. And when you look through the photo album, it's nice. But you don't go home after spending time at a friend's house and for the next six weeks do nothing but talk about and think about the contents of that photo album. Say, man, you know, like, they've got it together. But here's the thing. We do that now. In this incredible world we call social media. See, social media is something that's very advantageous. We can post our photos, share the exciting things that we have that is going on in our lives, announce stuff, say good things, bad things, write on each other's walls for happy birthday, send messages. But there's a very fine line between sharing what's going on with my world versus trying to change the way you see me. I'm going to show you a photo of me. Wow, is that beautiful. Mm, Not a wrinkle. I look good. Don't look here. Now, if you guys cannot tell that there is a beauty filter that is on this photo, and I must say it did a great job. Yeah, I got the duck face. I've got no wrinkles on my forehead. Don't try to draw them in. All right, can this is obviously not the real photo. Can we see the real one? There it is. There it is. That's a little worse. All right, let's put both of them up next to each other. And the idea is, and there's nothing wrong with using photos and filters. Let me get that very clear. But the problem that we run into is when we use things like social media to manipulate the way that we want people to see us. Because this photo, we can go back to that, the photo on the left is one that communicates who I want you to see me as. The one on the right says who I am, and I don't ever want people to know the truth of who I am. Let's be honest, that one on the side is just beautiful. Man, it's hard to be humble with that picture up there. 
<laughs> but the truth is, we can use our social media to invite others to be a part of our lives, or I can invite people to my world of saying, this is who I am. And this can influence the way we share our testimonies, the way that we live as Christians. Because sometimes we can post things. We post way too much sometimes about certain things. People are like, all right, I get it. I'm going to unfollow you. We've all unfollowed people. That's all right. If you don't have interest in it, you don't have to. But the problem is when I keep sharing things that communicate what I want you to think of me instead of what's true to me, the only person I'm fooling is myself. But that begins to stand as a Christian for what I am against. Because we know the difference between reality and control. When we know a person in person, we understand the things that they are sharing online. Because if we have that relationship, what I share online makes sense. And also, you can tell the difference between what's real and authentic to me versus what's real and authentic to my desire for how I want you to see me. Because the truth is, as a church, if we are going to be for them, then I cannot be for me. And that's what happens. We can so easily cross that line on social media, but in every relationship we have in our lives, that we can cross that line of saying, this is who I am, versus this is who I want you to see me to be. We've fallen into this trap our entire lives too, right? From that moment that new school year begins, I get that opportunity to reinvent myself. I got the new clothes, the new hairdo. I haven't had one of those in years. And the problem is, I'm trying to change the way you perceive me instead of me seeing change in my life. Because now I'm about me, not about you. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are called to be for them. We cannot be for them, church, if I am for me. Because we can't be for others when it's about me. I can never successfully put somebody else first if I'm constantly worried about my image, my appearance, how it's going to feel or say or do when I do those things. Because if, as a church, we are truly about others, that doesn't matter. The way we execute it does, but the way it reflects on us should be true to who we are. It should be true to our identities in Christ. So in Luke chapter 5, there's this tax collector, and his name is Levi. And if you don't know, the Bible talks about tax collectors quite a bit. If you're a tax collector in this room, you're fine. But the tax collectors in the biblical days were cheats. They were people that cheated people out of money. Because there was no way to go online and check to make sure I'm being charged the right amount of taxes or that I wasn't upcharged. Because commonly, tax collectors weren't honest. They would say, oh, you actually owe this much instead of this much. Imagine, instead of you thinking you're getting a refund, you owe $3,000 but you swear on all of your hair <laughs> that you should get something back. And that's the thing. That's what they were doing. So they were not trusted. They were not a profession that people were like, yes, 
you're going to be my best friend. I hold every ounce of trust in my life with you. So this is where the background is. Jesus, in chapter 5, went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. This is verse 27. And he says, follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. First off, that is authority. For Jesus to walk up to a tax collector and say, follow me? And the dude's like, all right. Just gets up, sure. Try doing that at your work day. Might not be excused. So Jesus says, come, follow me. We're picking up. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This isn't the first time Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees. Pharisees in the Old Testament were people that they held to the Jewish law, but so much so that they actually lost sight of who God was. It was all about the law and not the identity of God. And they missed that, and they misused that. And they went to Jesus saying, if you're truly a prophet, if you're truly the son of God, then why are you spending time with these bad people doing bad things? You are wasting your time. And Jesus says some really important things and addresses the sin in the Pharisees' hearts. Because we are for them when our hearts are right. We are for our community. We are for the people outside of these walls when our hearts are right. Because we can't be for them if I am for me. As I was preparing for this, a commentary that I was reading by Warren Wiersbe has this to say about Luke chapter 5. It says, sin is like a disease. It starts in a small and hidden way. It grows secretly. It saps our strength. And if it is not cured, it kills. It is tragic when sin or sickness kills the body, but it is even more tragic when sin condemns the soul to hell. It is tragic when sickness kills the body, but it is even more tragic when sin condemns the soul to hell. Ooh. If we are for them, then I cannot be for me. My sin cannot exist for me because my sin is choosing to put me first over what Christ is asking me to put first. Because sin is anything we do or say or don't do that is against the will of God. Straight up, straightforward. And you want to know what the will of God is? Spend time in the Word. Spend time reading what God has to say. Spend time praying and worshiping. Because, because the more familiar you are with the Word of God, I guarantee you, hearing the voice of God is easy. But it's hard when I'm unfamiliar with what His voice sounds like. James chapter 1, 13 through 15 says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. 
Or not that. Nor does he tempt anyone. God did not provide the temptation in your life. Nor will he ever. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Some of you guys who might have been in youth with me a couple years ago, we had this phrase. Temptation leads to sin. Sin leads to death. The sin is not in temptation, but temptation leads us to it. But we have, through the power of Christ, the ability to move away from temptation. There is no temptation in our life that you do not have the ability by the power of God to step away from. Because temptation leads to sin. And sin quietly stirs up unhidden or unseen into a place that it dwells and it consumes to where sin leads to death. So what does this have to do with being for them? Jesus addressed this to the Pharisees over and over and over again. But it was important that we first looked at the significance of my sin before we really see what Jesus meant. Jesus addressed this with the Pharisees in Matthew 23, verse 25 to 28, and he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. I'm going to pause right there. Anybody ever hear the excuse, I'm not going to church because they're just full of hypocrites? I've heard that. You hypocrites. That's in the Bible that people were worried about the way people were going to say because they say one thing and live another way. It's easy for me to say this about my life and say this is how I want to live, this is how I want you to perceive me, but in truth I'm going to live this way and not follow Christ in my actions. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. This is not the first time Jesus addressed the Pharisees and saying, what are you doing? Because this mug is like the Pharisees. This is straight out of the words of Jesus. The Pharisees took care of the outside of their mug. It's kind of like making sure that only the visible things are clean when company's coming over and we shove everything underneath the bed and in all the closets, and nobody in this room can relate to what I am saying, right? <laughs> or sometimes you look in your coffee mug and see, oh, it looks really gross on the outside. Well, what's the matter on the inside? It was just black coffee. So let me just scrub the outside, and it at least looks like I'm using a clean one so people don't come in and say, ew, what are you doing? But the truth is, the inside of the Pharisee's cup was disgusting. The inside of the Pharisee's cup was full of stuff that revealed their hearts. Let's make this more real. The things that are unseen in my life begin to make things more about me. But I'm going to clarify, anything I say or write is not an exhaustive list nor is it to say that because you are dealing with this, 
that you were damned to hell. It's where and what we are doing with the sin in our lives that defines what the sin is doing in our lives. Because we can either give into its power or we can overcome its power through the power of Christ. Things like stealing. Even that extra thing that's, you know what, nobody's going to notice this is missing at work. I just need to do this extra thing. That entitlement because, oh, it's here so I can access this. Hate. When we hold on to hate and bitterness in our lives, the Bible's very clear about bitterness because bitterness is murder without the action, but it's a murder of the heart. Pornography, infidelity, selfishness. The list goes on. Things that may not be seen can still prevent me from making sure that my heart is in the right place because I'm only making sure I take care of what everybody can see, but I'm not taking care of my heart. I'm not allowing Jesus to work inside of me. Just make it look like he is. And you may fool, and I may fool the people that I interact with in my life, but this will never be hidden from God. Ever. And I have never seen this go unnoticed forever. At some point, this comes out. Would you rather it come out as a testimony of what God moved out of your life, or would you rather it come out saying, this is what I have been covering up and have never dealt with? A testimony sounds a whole lot better to me. And I'm sure it sounds better to you, right? Because here's the thing. I can take this outside and I can wipe it down. I had stuff written inside this one too. It doesn't take away the outside, but now it looks a whole lot cleaner, right? The truth is, this isn't the cup you would want to drink out of, is it? When we go to Jesus and we take care of the insides, it becomes something we want to drink out of. Some of you guys are like, no, there's still residue. I'm not drinking out of this cup. <laughs> I understand. But here's the thing. I'm going to take this mug. This has still got all the stuff on the inside. But when we take the sins, like lying, sex outside of marriage, Lust, stealing, contempt, and so much more. This becomes no longer desirable mug. So here's the question. Would you rather drink out of the mug that's got some stuff on the outside but nothing on the inside? or drink out of the mug that's got stuff on the inside and nothing on the outside. Option number one, absolutely. Because here's the thing, even if I'm dealing with this and it's not fully out of my life, you see these streaks? This is evidence of God at work in my life. This is my testimony of what God is bringing me through. And I cannot be for them if I am for me and hiding my insides. Because that becomes a selfish desire. 
But when we take care of our outsides and we're honest about it, saying, you know what, I'm still dealing with this, but God is working inside of me. I'm making sure I'm getting the help that's needed. I'm seeking wise counsel. Awesome. Absolutely, positively awesome. And there is no shame in sharing the testimony that God is still crafting in your life. Because if we are for them, Calvary, we cannot be, or I cannot be, for me. Because Jesus will never, ever permit you to sin. Jesus will not provide the temptation, but Jesus will always provide the way to say no to the temptation because temptation leads to sin, and sin leads to death. And there's a difference between sinning and living in sin. Living in sin is saying God will continue to forgive me every time I make a mistake, so I'm just going to keep making the mistake. Sinning is saying God's going to forgive me, but I'm still not going to try to sin. That doesn't mean we won't, but it's a heart issue. Hebrews 10, 26 through 27 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we, after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. And here's how this ties into Jesus being for them, spending time with the tax collectors. See, I, I can still have some dirt on me, and lead a person to Christ, right? I can still have dirt hidden inside of me and still lead a person to Christ. But the challenge we run into is with the latter, of when I have this dirt in my life, am I wanting to see this person come to know Christ, to know the freedom that I haven't known? Or is it because I want to feel better because I helped you feel better? Because that conversation is not about Jesus. And church, that's the problem. I want you to come to church because it'll be great for you. It's not an answer. I want you to come to Jesus because your life is a mess. Meanwhile, I'm hiding the mess of my life. We cannot be truly in our hearts for them, for our community. If inwards, I am for me. We can never be truly for them if I am for me. And that negates all the missions work that we do as Christians. Because if I'm going on a mission trip because I want to take a photo with some poor child in Africa or Greece or the Ukraine, then I'm missing the point because now it is about me and that photo and that moment. But if my desire is to see the people of Greece, to see the people of the Ukraine come to know Christ supernaturally through healing and through the power of his word and my testimony, that is now about Christ. Because church, if we are to be for them, I cannot be for me. Last week we talked about how the community can change the world. So my question to you is, why? We talked about how. Why do we want to change the world? And when I've not experienced being cleansed, being clean through Jesus, then I will never understand that why. 
I could see it and say, you know what? Your life was a mess. Your life got better. That's good for you. No, this person's life was a mess. Maybe they should come with you. But when I've moved past the mess in my life, it now becomes personal because I understand. I can say, I've experienced the love and the grace of Jesus. And you should too. And it's the deepest desires of our hearts that people may never know but that do get revealed, which is why, as a culture, Christians are not known for being for them, but for being for me. It's all about me. But that's not what we are for as a church. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because we are for them in our action. This is why we have Calvary Cares. This is why this entire month we've been sharing updates of all these projects and ways that we as a church are for them and we want to invite you to be a part of that. This is why we have Sage's Army assisting with their recovery coach program, the change group by providing resources to churches and pastors in need of revitalization. This is why we support the Zoe Church in Thessaloniki with outreaches in their community, construction and sound equipment needs. This is why we're investing into the Waypoint Youth Center because they're providing a portable refreshment stand on the river trail and the bike trail. Incredible moments of outreach. This is why in Calvary Kids, we support a program called BGMC, which is Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge, to teach our kids the importance and to learn to love to give towards missions and support the bigger picture, the bigger church at hand, because it's not just about Calvary, it is about them. This is why in youth we support things like Speed the Light, which is another challenge initiative for teenagers to learn to give to missionaries. This is why we also have trips coming up, like our Royal Family Kids Camp, Chestnut Mountain Ranch, Philly Dream Center, the medical clinic in Ukraine, and Greece to share Jesus with college students on their campus. If we are for them, I cannot be for me. That doesn't mean you don't have things that you still need to deal with in your life, because then we'd all be disqualified. However, that does mean I'm being active in dealing with the things in my life by giving each thing I'm dealing with over to Jesus, because we cannot be for them if I am always for me. This is why we also have serving opportunities on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights with all the kids and youth and adult ministries that we have for families and teens. Everywhere that we go, we have ways that we can exist for them, not just for you, but for them, for the people that are not yet here. And the truth is, we are for them when we are for him. Because if I can't be for them if I am for me, the inverse of that is, I can be for them when I am for him. Because Christ asks us to share his message with all the world. And if my desire is to truly see Christ move in this community, then my heart's in the right place, and it doesn't matter that I'm still dealing with stuff, but it's saying, I know that Christ can make an impact in North Huntington Township, in Westmoreland County, in Western Pennsylvania, throughout the state and throughout the nation. Because we are called to bring others to Jesus. And this is why earlier in the chapter, if you have time later today, go back to earlier in Luke chapter 5. We see this paralyzed man. 
they heard Jesus was in town. So this paralyzed man had some incredible friends, daring. They took this man up on the roof of the house that Jesus was in, and they cut a hole in the roof to lower him, to present him before the great physician, to present him to Jesus, because Jesus could provide something that nobody else could. And that still rings true today. My desire, my prayer for each of us is to be like those friends. To not care that I probably would get a fine by putting a hole in somebody's roof today if that means my friend gets to meet Jesus. We cannot be for them if I am for me. As the band makes their way forward, I want to share with you something that's going to be coming soon to Calvary. And we'll have more about this later. But I want to equip you, and we want to equip you. Michael and I have been talking about this. If we are truly for them, then we as a church, if we're for you, want to help you be for them and give you the tools for that. So the first is something that we're going to be rolling out this spring called our New Believers Handbook. And this is a change. Maybe some of you have given your life to Christ here at Calvary and you've been given a book. We're revamping some of this process. And you're going to be getting a new book. This is a seven-week devotional of what it means for me to give my life to Christ and walk through the process. Because we believe that this is an integral part of everybody's faith journey. Here's how this empowers you got a book for friends. This is the New Believers Friends Handbook. And this book coincides with the one that we give to your friend that has just given their life to Christ. And it doesn't matter if your friend gave their life to Christ at Calvary, at home, in your connect groups, at your care groups, wherever it's at. Because we want to empower you to be for them. Because I cannot be for them if I am for me. And as a church, we exist for you. So you could be for them. This book is going to be made at a significant discount to every person. Because when we invite a friend to come to Jesus, we want to empower you to be that pastor in their lives. We want to empower you to exist for them, to serve them, to understand the importance of what it means to lead your friends into an overflowing life with Jesus. Because that's why we exist. To show God's love, to lead people, to lead North Huntington, to lead Westmoreland County to that overflowing life with Jesus. And you don't have to wait for them to come to church. You don't have to wait for them to join a group to experience that power. But you can be that friend that says, I'm going to take the initiative to step forward and to make sure that I'm going to be the best friend I can to you and see that you come to know Christ holy and overflowing in your life. When this is available, we'll be sharing more with you guys. So here's the thing. The band's going to play a song. And for many of us, there's many touch points in what we talked about today. Maybe you're in the party that says, I need to visit the great physician. The inside of my cup isn't clean. I've been hiding it from everyone, including God. 
but I need to get to the great physician. I need to get to the one that will clean both the inside and the outside of my cup. Then take the time during this song to pray and talk to God and say, God, I give you my cup. Maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're saying my cup is clean. My cup is being in the process of being cleaned. I'm ready to take a step for them. Take time and pray. We've got ways here at a church that you can be a part of that through serving at teams.calvaryirwin.com. You can join one of our incredible teams that exists for the people outside of our walls. We've got outreaches like Easter extravaganza coming up where we see the largest number of people that have never come to church come to church. Maybe they're the first time all year for the first time in their lives where we can be for them. Maybe you're not sure what it means to share your faith. You're afraid of the questions you may have. You can join a group and find the community that we have as a church, as we are for you, but we are for them. See, in this song, we can talk about giving God glory for what he's brought us through. But God wants to do so much more through us, through you, and through me. This year, we are claiming that breakthrough. Last month, we talked about breakthrough. But we are going to claim that breakthrough in Jesus' name, but not just for my life, but for them, for those outside of these walls. Because by faith, I see the miracle that is going to take place in Westmoreland County, not just North Huntington, but Westmoreland County in the name of Jesus. Because church, we are truly for them when we are for him. Take this time and make sure our hearts are in the right place so that when we walk out of here, we can walk out in victory and celebration of how we are for them because I am for him. Would you stand and join me? This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.